Welcome to The Fully Lived Life, a podcast for those who are longing to pursue the full life and want to break free from anything that holds them back. Listen in as two friends, a psychologist, Dr. Mary, and a life coach, Jillian, talk about life, love, and purpose through the lens of faith, science, psychology, and life experiences. Hey, Mary. Hey, Jillian. I'm kind of feeling a little sad today. Why? What's going on? Well, because we're recording this podcast. This is the last for this particular season. Yes. So we're taking a little break over the summer mm-hmm. and um, because we've just got to, you know, get our energy back and we've got to mm-hmm. do a little bit of research and some reading and some respite and some soul care and some self-compassion. Yes. All that, all that good stuff. <laughs> In a matter of eight weeks. Yes. <laughs> um, but, you know, when we began the podcast, we began it because it was kind of a challenge that we threw at each other. Yeah. Because we were having these very deep and meaningful conversations en route in the car to some uh, corporate client stuff that we were doing. Mm -hmm. And we're like, wow, this is good. Maybe we should share this with people. (laughs) And um, so we sort of stepped out on a limb Mm -hmm. and felt that, you know, we could, we had something to contribute. Yeah. And we've been hearing back from our listeners. And uh, even yesterday, I got a little note Mm -hmm. um, saying, you know, from someone in my circle way outside, like, you know, five circles removed, Mm -hmm. that they were just loving the podcast. I know. I know. And it just meant something deeply to me that there are people that feel like they're just sitting around the table having coffee with us. That's and what we, I hear time and time Involved again. in the conversation yeah. with us. So that really mm-hmm. ah, just ministers to me in a oh, deep level. it does. It does. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all of you who are listening and um, take the time to send us some feedback. Yeah. Uh, and even a feedback that uh, can help us improve. We're yeah. very open to that. Because we have had some callers send us stuff and yeah. we made adjustments. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like... Doing this where you're just speaking into a recording and then it's getting out into the world. We have no idea where it lands, but I know our hearts are deeply to uh, be positive, impactful in whatever we do. And so when we hear that feedback, I mean, I'm just blown away, blown away by how people are feeling, finding this helpful. And (laughs) I was in Costco the other day and I met two of our listeners. Mm -hmm. And they're like, we'll see you tomorrow. And I'm like, what's tomorrow? (laughs) (laughs) It was just like, what's tomorrow? I love that. It was so funny because I I kind of forget. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So, yeah. So I'm with you. I feel the same thing. You know, I'm looking forward to having a break because I know that the deep work that you and I do during the break will be something that we could come back with. And (laughs) Well, we're already doing deep work. Well, I was just going to say... Part of how we want to end this episode or this season is at the very beginning of the deep work we're doing. So you you get to listen in on all the things that's happening. And at this point, we're all just, we're just triggered. Okay. <laughs> we're just triggered. So you you can okay, lay it on us. Oh, I'll lay it on you, <laughs> sisters and brothers. Yes. Because we know that we have male listeners too. Yes. We do hear from them too, which is so good. Yes. Um, so we've been reading this book. Um, by we, I mean Mary, myself, and another friend have committed to reading this book together over the summer, and we're meeting together just to talk about it um, via Zoom. And the book is called Fierce, Free, Full of Fire, and the name of the author is Jen Hatmaker. Mm-hmm. And so, like, right away, I want to claim Jen Hatmaker as a eight on the Enneagram. 
I know she's not because she tells us what she is in the book. Well, she's got a definite, a lot of eight. She does. Yeah. So I'm just loving her already. Yeah. And she is a straight shooter. She's a truth teller. Oh, like, so I got through the prologue. Mm -hmm. I had to put the book down. I never read prologues. I know. I skip them. I know. Because you want to get to the meat of it. I don't want to. Waste, waste time. my time. That's right. So, but I was, I was in the prologue and I was underlining, I was amening, I was stomping around, I was getting myself all fired up. And so, um, it's huge. Like, so I just want to give you a little taste of mm-hmm. this book. Mm-hmm. No more hiding or people pleasing up in here, sisters. <laughs> no more being sidelined in your own life. It is time for us to be brave to claim our gifts and quirks and emotions, you are set free and set up and set on fire. Mm. See, that's Preach what got me. That's what got me right there. And that's why you put it down, like, already. Oh, that's it. I was like, okay. Yeah. The book is done for me right now. So the the whole theme of the book, at least as far as, because I'm also in the near the beginning of it, mm-hmm. and, and it's just calling out, deep calling out the deep. It's this longing for all of us to step into the fullness of who we are. So she describes it as owning our space. Yeah. In fact, I have a, a quote here. Um, Wait a second. Is it oh. one of the 700 quotes that Mary sent me from the book already? Because <laughs> <laughs> you need to hear it. Okay. The first couple of days in this book, it was bing. Oh, there's Mary. Bing. There's Mary. Bing. Because she was just like, bing, bing, bing. Oh, it's so true. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, that that's kind of the season I am in my life right now. Um, if I can do a bit of a backstory uh, before I read the quote, um, I've I've struggled with, you know, as a two, our our um, passion is pride, and I've struggled with the shameful thinking that it means trying to be more than or. Um, boosting myself up or to be like the most important person in the room and all that, which is totally not my heart at all. No, I know that. But what it does is it moves me to the other end where I tend to diminish myself. And uh, one of the things that I have used and I recognize this so much in myself as a coping strategy is I actually purposely uh, self-diminish because of not wanting to appear prideful, but also... um, I've had many, many experiences growing up where other females actually have, um, I, I've sensed that uh, there's been some jealousy. Yeah. And as a result, I don't want to cause that in others. Um, you know, from the time I was a little girl uh, and experiences that I had uh, in the playground to when I entered the workforce, um, I got the message again and again that uh, if I'm fully me, whatever that looks like, and, and I have to admit, as a teenager and as a young adult, I'm certain I'm spouting off in ways that's not helpful. So there's that. But I got the message that me being fully owning my space meant that I'm diminishing other people's space. Yeah. And, you know, I hear that. And I mean, Jen certainly fleshes that out in the book. Mm-hmm. And I've got to tell you, Breaks my heart. Yeah. Because, you know, I know you very deeply and I know that that's not your intent at all to to bring like 
shame to another person because of who you are. Mm -hmm. And for you to feel that, Mm -hmm. oh, it makes me, I mean, it fires me up. Mm -hmm. Okay. Full of fire, Mm -hmm. full of fire for you. Yeah. Um, It does. And you know, I'm in my own life, um, Enneagram eight. um, And, you know, I've felt that I can't be myself because it feels like maybe it's going to overpower somebody Mm. else or, or be louder than somebody else or be more bold than someone else or take up more space than somebody else. So I've got to like take the back seat because heaven forbid I be myself in a room. See, that makes me sad. I know it makes me sad too. And you know, I think unfortunately for me is that some of the angst that went along with that wasn't always the healthiest expression. Mm-hmm. And so I wish I'd had this book like, you know, back in my mm-hmm. probably late 20s, early 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I must tell you, Mary, being myself was much more doable in the corporate world mm-hmm. than it was in the ministry world. <sighs> See, I got, re- I got rewarded double, for being myself in the corporate world. That's the double pain that I feel. Yeah. That in the ministry world, in the Christian world, where we are to be celebrated for who we are, um, we actually have to diminish ourselves. Yeah. Ugh. You said at the beginning when we decided to speak about this, that you haven't gotten very far in the book because there's just triggers happening all over the place. Can, yeah. you, can you share some of that with us? Sure. Um, so, you know, in the prologue in chapter one, which is, I'm, I'm in chapter two, I've read chapter two, but it actually hasn't sunk in. And it's because I'm feeling kind of raw mm. from the prologue in chapter one, because mm-hmm. so many things have brought up some hurt in yes. me. Yes. And, um, you know, actually, quite frankly, hurt that I thought I was through, but I'm not. Yeah. Uh, it sort of scratched the surface of it again. Yeah. Um, you know, she talks about owning your space, mm-hmm. your ground, and gifts. And then she says, they are yours. Like, mm-hmm. these are the gifts that you've been given. Mm-hmm. And it felt like my gifts at times were too much, or they should have been given to somebody else, mm. or they were male gifts. Mm-hmm. They weren't female gifts. Well, we've said this before. One of the hardest spaces to own is to be a female eight. Yeah. Yeah. So I felt confusion about that. Like, you know, um, who am I really was, am I too much? Am I too little? I've been, I've been told both mm-hmm. in my life. Um, and so just going back to that place where there was some hurt there, mm-hmm. it's been hard. Yeah. Um, she says, be strong in your relationships and lay down passive aggression, resentment, drama, and compliance. Mm-hmm. And it's the compliance piece. Mm-hmm. Because when I step back and when you step back, Mary, from being all that we're intended to be, from using our gifts fully, from sh- from showing up fully ourselves, we're complying to somebody else's box that they want to put us in. That's right. That's right. And I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And there are a few arenas where I'm really myself, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it feels so good. Mm-hmm. Well, here's a quote that I'm going to read, um, and this is spe- speaking specifically to my sisters, uh, which uh, Jen Hatmaker is actually writing this book for women. And yeah. it doesn't mean that men cannot uh, benefit from reading it because the principles are exactly the same for yeah. men. It's just, it's outworking maybe different. So she says, from an early age, girls are taught overtly and subtly to contain and defer. 
while the boys are encouraged to expand and assert. We over-apologize. We shrug and accommodate. Women cede the microphone to less capable people because we are socialized to grow inward while men are conditioned to grow outward. Women often believe that rather than simply taking up the right amount of space, they're displacing others with their presence. And how dare they? Ah, That made me so sad. And then she goes on to say, there is nothing more life-giving than an environment that matches your volume. It's hard to put a price on being seen and valued as you are. When you don't have to ratchet up, or falsely t- or false uh, sorry when you don't have to ratchet down or falsely inflate but are welcome with your contents exactly intact this is when we serve well, this is when we thrive that is just massive and yeah. i mean this whole idea of displacing someone else because of who we are yeah oh that just it irks me. I remember when I first started in the corporate world, uh, and I was freshly minted with my PhD. And yeah. I don't think I was put, putting in people's faces, but uh, I was very welcomed by the my male colleagues. And it was the female colleagues that began to, um, I started to hear some scuttlebutt. Oh, she just thinks she's so great. She's so full of herself. She comes in with her PhD and she thinks she knows more than us. Meanwhile, we've been in this, doing this for over 20 years. Who's she? And this was the, con- it devastated me. And all the work that you've done to get to that place, like getting a PhD is not like ripping out of the magazine, the little coupon and sending away for the monkeys that, you know, grow in the tank. Mm-hmm. It's hard work. Yeah. Like for crying out loud. And I, I know I was very enthusiastic in those days. I just wanted to try it all because for me, it was all about learning and growing and experiencing this. And I wanted to try that and I want to try this. And maybe in my enthusiasm, they perceived that to be me trying to take over or that I was threatening them. But that really, really hurt me. And I remember also another colleague. And again, it came through. They never, they never directly confronted me. Um, I remember it came after a meeting we had, and I was uh, passionately expressing my opinion. And I heard her calling me shrill. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, shoot, like, what am I doing that's making people think that I'm shrill? Like, what is it about me? What's wrong with me in this? Yeah, what's wrong with me? Well, you know, one of the things that I heard Mm. um, was from another female. Yeah. And she called me gruff. Oh, Ugh. Yeah. And I was like, so if I sit in the meeting and I express an opinion and I don't sugarcoat it, that's gruff. Right. But if a male sits in the room and shares his opinion without sugarcoating it, that's frank talk. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's actually true. So uh, Jen talks about research and you you see that all over the place, just that um, this marked differentiation between males and females uh, who are doing the same thing, but the labels become negative when it's female and it becomes a positive when it's male. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was told that um, I was appreciated because people always knew where I stood on an issue. Mm hmm. But then I was told that I was too much, right? Because I had, I, I was too strong in my opinion. So it's like, mm-hmm. you can't. <laughs> can you, can you throw me a bone here? Because right. Because I'm not sure what you're telling me. Right. 
And then on the other hand, messages that I get and have gotten as a two is that you're too sensitive. And I remember, and I've shared this story already before, when I was in grade 12, I had this teacher who I had written in my journal, my biggest longing is to be a mother and a wife and to have a happy home because I'm so relational. It's so important to me. And he was so angry at me. So I felt like in that instance, I had to be more than. So either you're told to be less or to be more. Yeah. And so what Jen is saying is, no, no, no. Occupy your space. That's right. And and what is your space? And I mean, what is your space? That's a really good question for for us to ask. And I'm I'm pretty much asking. I mean, you know, I'm at a certain age where I'm definitely taking up the space that I feel I should in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some arenas where I'm not. Yeah. There's some arenas I've walked away from. Right. Because my space wasn't welcome there. That's right. And I, I, there's some okay. there's some wisdom there. Of course there is. For sure. I mean, go find the space. Part of it, you can create some of that, but the other part of it is, uh, and and I've I've said this before, sometimes you fight within the system and sometimes you fight outside the system. That's right. But, you you know, the the, the main thing is, um, so she says, and and I like this, it is upon you to insist on your space, even when it is discouraged or belittled. And here you may need some courage. You choose to wither on command or not. Regardless of how fierce the opposition, it is your decision to own your space or concede it. Never does this require hysterics or rudeness, which typically weaken your position, even as those tactics, exact tactics are used against you because hashtag double standard. Rather, it requires sturdy confidence. I take up the right amount of space here. The end. And then it is that woman who brings her gifts to bear on this earth, the one who refuses to shrink on demand and who takes ownership of her precious wiring and encourages her sister to do likewise. That woman refuses to contort to a template, template, but rather occupies her own life as a recipient of God's unending favor, not a beggar at his door. Wow. Yeah. So, listeners, you can see how our mind's getting blown right now because... This is, you know, this. These are big questions. Yeah. These are big thoughts. Yeah. Uh, this is pretty deep stuff um, that Mary and I and our other friend are going to be working through over the summer. Mm-hmm. And we've already had great conversation out of this book. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're only in the first couple of chapters. Mm-hmm. So we're doing this uh, over the summer, and we're going to be continuing this conversation into. September, mm-hmm. uh, when we launch the podcast again, mm-hmm. because we will have had time to chew on it. And I like what she says, um, you know, you need to know who you are. Mm-hmm. You need to know what space you occupy. Mm-hmm. And you need to know um, how to use that space mm-hmm. for your purposes mm-hmm. and what the world needs. Because mm-hmm. you don't want to go to the extremes of either, mm-hmm. right? So you can go to an extreme as an Enneagram 2. Mm-hmm. I can go to an extreme as an Enneagram 8. So mm-hmm. can all our listeners. Mm-hmm. We can go to the unhealthy side of getting our voice heard. Mm-hmm. Or we can go to the unhealthy side of shrinking back. Right. So in every one of us, we have the ability to show up fully ourselves mm-hmm. and, you know... Um, in psychological circles, I guess you'd call this the authentic self or the true self. Mm-hmm. Um, so who am I to take up the space? Mm-hmm. And what does the space look like that I need to occupy? Yes. And I would also add 
um, to give yourself grace because that in of itself is a big journey. It's even to know your authentic self and even to give yourself that space. And you're going to make mistakes as have I, where I'm going to not be myself because I feel like that's my true self, but it's not really. And it's tracking with your experiences and growing and learning through that and also getting feedback. So what I often find fascinating that the, the more I, uh, engage in relationships and the more I build trust in the relationships, my family and friends have begun to reflect back to me in in a a consistent enough voice that I know that those are aspects of the true me that's beginning to show up. Yes. And I find that extremely valuable because sometimes I can get into my own head and uh, I think that's me, but I'm not sure it's me. And all of that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So having some trusted friends around you that are speaking into your life is always a good thing. Mm-hmm. Always. Yeah. Because they're doing it for your benefit, but they're also calling out in you some of the things that you have to offer. Right. That are that are big. So that's one. The second thing I'd suggest to people is look at the fruits of your life. Look at, if you think about the many little things, and we're not talking about the big things. We're talking about the many, what you would perceive to be little things that seem to just be something that you naturally do. Look at the fruit of that and look at the consistent pattern of it. So for you, Jillian, I have been the recipient of your words of encouragement time and time and time again. So you've now, I know, embraced that that's one of your gifts is the Mm -hmm. gift of encouragement. And so you, you can see the fruits and many lives because you've spoken words of encouragement into their life. And so that's something as uh, something. So um, look at the fruit of your life. The other thing I would say is look at what turns your crank, what makes you get all fired up, what fills your tank, mm-hmm. where you feel joy because you just did that thing or yeah. you said that thing or you experienced that thing. And that's going to give you a growing sense of who you are. Um, the, the other thing to do is look back at yourself as a child. And that may be difficult uh, because it could be infused with a lot of sadness if there's been trauma there. But think about um, if you can find some old pictures, just some of the purest, truest times where you look back and there's a lot of uh, positive memories associated with it. What were you doing? What was happening mm-hmm. around you? Um, and then the last thing I would say is if you were to uh, picture the perfect day in your life, the perfect week, the perfect month, what are you doing? Who are you with? Where are you? Like, yeah. what's going on? And like, explore all that. And I'm you're already gonna... there, man. I'm yeah. in my mind. I'm I know, mind. right? <laughs> with that, you're starting to get a sense of who the person is. And of course, doing something like the Enneagram is very, very valuable because uh, to people who've engaged honestly in the Enneagram journey, the number of times I've heard people said, you got inside my head. How do you know my oh. thoughts? Ah, it's uncomfortable because you thought they were your hidden thoughts and then all of a sudden it becomes public. But it's reassuring because it is helping you put language to how you're feeling and experiencing life. And yeah. you're also not alone. And how you're people. showing up in the world. And in the good, the, the bad, and the ugly. That's right. That's right. right. Yeah. yeah. So I think that that's important, having a good sense of that. And it's going to come through exploration, through relationships, through uh, soul searching, through you know self-reflection, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can see 
how we're just on the cusp of this. Yeah. Like we're just at the beginning of this book and uh, we're asking a lot of questions of ourselves and each other mm-hmm. and we're really chewing on this. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how this all pans out over the summer mm-hmm. and sort of what are some of the insights that come out on the other side of this mm-hmm. as we uh, finish the book. Right. So if I can ask listeners, think about the person you love most in the world uh, and think of, or if you're a parent, think about the child that you delight in. And so you need to do that for yourself. So as you're going through this journey of discovering the true you and taking up your space, imagine yourself, the adult you, walking hand in hand with the child you, the true you that's trying to emerge and do everything possible to encourage that true self to come out. Just like you would do for someone you love dearly, just like you would do for a child that you long to see the fullness of who they are express itself in the world. Do that for yourself and watch the shaming language. So as an example, right now I'm in a season of trying to engage in self-compassion for myself. And I am struggling with it because the word self-compassion automatically makes me feel guilty that I'm being selfish. So I'm putting it out there. Uh, and I've put it out with you and our close friends and, and call me on it because I genuinely want to take up the space fully that God has ordained for me, that God has created me to do and to thrive in so that I'm showing up fully uh, my part of expressing God's glory to this world. Yeah. And you have made such big strides in there. And then sometimes it feels like it's two steps forward and three steps back. Yeah. That's why you have good friends that call you. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I need it. And that's why I'll say to her and friends will say to her, you need to receive what I'm saying to you right now. This is truth. And I'm telling you because I want you to receive it. And I, and I do, and I so appreciate when you do that. I, I so need it. So at this point, we're kind of like messily in this process. We kind of talked about, should we wait to do this podcast once we've kind of worked through some of our stuff and kind of read through enough of the book to resolve it? And we decided, no, we want to invite you, listener, into this journey. Do it with us. Yeah. Um, and here's some of the chaos that goes on in our minds. Exactly. And, and give yourself permission that it's not a linear path. It can, it's going to look messy and it's good and it's going to be uncomfortable. You, you're going to be triggered. You're going to feel sadness and anger and all those emotions and it's good. Let's do this together. Uh, whether you choose to uh, pick up uh, Jen Hatmaker's book or not, we're not doing this as a promotion for her no. book. We're just, that was the tool that we felt um, landed in our hands. It's helping us in this journey. And it really is about what can I do to fully occupy the space that God is asking me to occupy so that I can be the true self that I am. Um, we'll put in the show notes, there's some other books that I would highly recommend that are in the same type of theme. There's some that are Enneagram based and some that are just yeah. self-growth based. I'm just, we'll put them on the uh, show notes for you. Uh, whatever you choose, whether it's through a formal book, whether it's through a podcast, whether it's just through your own journaling, doesn't matter. Just come with us on this journey. Exactly. That We'd love good. to hear what's going on in your lives too, because it's intriguing for me to hear how other people are navigating life. Yeah. I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So we are so thankful for your time and your attention. We have loved this first season. We have, uh, I can't even put into words how, how much of a blessing this experience has been and how you've been a blessing to us, just knowing that there you are listening on the other side. So stay tuned. We'll be back in the fall 
and uh, we'll have more things, lessons learned along the way that we'll be really looking forward to sharing with you. Stay tuned, listeners, and have a great summer. Get lots of rest and lots of fun, lots of laughter. Exactly. We'll see you in September. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening to the Fully Lived Life podcast. We hope you found it encouraging and helpful. Be sure to follow or subscribe so that you never miss a new episode. And if you enjoyed our show, please help spread the word by sharing with your friends and family and posting on your social media. Thanks for listening and tune in to our next episode.